You're now listening to Sanity at the Movies. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sanity at the Movies. I'm Nathan, your humble and obedient host. We've got Ben, the preacher who's a teacher of cinema, right there. And we're just checking in. It's been a couple weeks without an episode. But boy, do we have episodes coming for you. We do. And so let's talk about them. Oh, man. Oh, man. Well, we got we got a fun, silent movie. Yes. I hope it'll be fun. Yeah. I've never seen it. Oh, Charlie really? Chaplin's Modern Times. How many Charlie Chaplin movies have you seen? I think exactly one. City Lights. I think that's it. City Lights. And what did you think about City Lights? Uh, that was okay. Did you think? Sentimental hogwash. I might have. I don't know. I just, I didn't get a lot of enjoyment out of it, even if it's a masterpiece. I just thought it's okay. Yeah. I mean, Chaplin in some ways is the least fun of the three auteurs. <laughs> Let me talk up this movie we're doing. All right. Um, get people excited. I really like the, just the professional comedy and acrobatic chops of Harold Lloyd. We've done safety last. He's just a consummate showman and always going to have a fun stunt sequences and stuff like that. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's the best just in terms of this is like a fun Hollywood at its best of the era. And then Ben and I both agree that Buster Keaton, just one of the great auteurs, one of the great poets of the cinema. I don't know. There's, there's no hyperbole strong enough. He's just a great filmmaker. Yeah, he really is. Um, And a great physical performer and, Right. Some fun stunts. And I mean, I don't know. There's lots of fun stuff in his movies. Yeah. And there's a real sort of, I don't know, he brings his own existential melancholy to it. And it's just, he's the complete package. There's, yeah, it's really something. Laughs, thrills, stunts, some stuff to think about. Uh, he's, he's, he's just one of the greats. And then Charlie Chaplin obviously was the far and away the, the popular one during his time mm-hmm. the little tramp was known all throughout the world little tramp being his mustachioed character with the bowler hat that you probably are when you think charlie chaplin you think of the little tramp this character that he portrayed super popular character and super po- silent movies could travel because you just swapped out the inner titles and put them in different languages you didn't need to dub them or do any major subtitle work or anything like that so they were in an international medium in the way that cinema has not been since the advent of sound and so the little tramp was just a worldwide beloved icon in his time everybody loved charlie chaplin everybody loved his films and he was not as technically innovative as Buster Keaton, not like the kind of filmmaker that you can go back to and be like, ooh, that's cool what he's doing. That's very modern. But he was beloved, and he's worth talking about. And City Lights is a little bit maudlin, I would say. It's got like Mm -hmm. the blind girl that doesn't know he's been doing things for her. And then I think at the end, spoiler, she gets her sight back. You know, he... he, No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've forgotten some of this stuff. I don't know exactly what it is, but maybe he pays the hospital bill so she can go and get the operation or something. Something like that. Then there's the moment where he comes across her and of course she doesn't recognize that it's him because she only ever knew him as someone who was kind to her when she didn't have Mm -hmm. her sight. And then I don't know what he does something or somehow gives himself away and it's you know very emotional Mm -hmm. moment if you like that kind of thing but it's you know it's it's victorian melodrama it's it's a little you know it's a little it's a little something 
yeah. whole much. That's, but, a, well, that's about how I remember feeling. A little something. Yeah, and other Chaplin films can be like that. He he can just be a little bit self-pitying and a little bit, you know, much. But he has made, he did also make several films that are masterpieces that do have hilarious comedy and stunt sequences and that are very innovative and cool. And among those would be Modern Times, which I think is much more sort of cynical and modern and not as maudlin. And then uh, The Circus, I love, and Gold Rush, I love. I think those are all worth I think if this podcast continues, we will cool. do them all. But Modern Times is a good one to do, so we're going to do it. Nice. And uh, what else is on the list? Have we said that Jake's on sabbatical? Uh, no. Yeah. No. Jake is on a much-needed sabbatical. He's going to be out until about November. And we actually... We'll do our Superman Batman thing that uh, we ha- we actually have been working on recording things behind the scenes, but we're really going to get those put together and released to you then. So mm-hmm. just be aware you got me and Ben for the time being, and it's going to be yes. great. It's, yep. Yeah, I call it cutting the debt the the dead weight. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's, ha- right. that's that's what we'll call this series. Of uh, films. Cutting the dead weight. Cutting the dead weight. And so we got uh, Modern Times, one of the great Charlie Chaplin classics of cinema. Yeah. And then what else are we doing? We have a monster of a classic. A monster of a classic. Yeah, it's King Kong. King Kong. Yeah. He's a big ape. He climbs that Empire State Building. He does. He's got a lady. He's in love with Naomi Watts. He's in love with Naomi Watts, yes, <laughs> for three hours, three glorious hours. For three glorious hours. <laughs> I <laughs> uh, actually yeah, I have a little bit of a soft spot for that movie but it's also kind of terrible because Peter Jackson <laughs> is kind of terrible he is kind of terrible but his ambitious kind of over the topness does reach some kind of pinnacle in that film it does a very literal pinnacle with a giant ape standing on top of it <laughs> but there's also like a I dare say almost Keaton-esque series of gags that happen where She's being menaced by T-Rexes, and then the T-Rexes fall into a gorge, and then there's these two T-Rexes that are both stuck in vines. That stuff she, is really fun. And she's hanging on to the tooth of one of them while the other right. one tries to snap her, and then Kong comes down and beats them up. And it, it is yes, very that was silly. really fun. <laughs> and it goes on for like nine hours. But <laughs> I, I do think uh, Peter Jackson, when he's allowed to just indulge his – boyish sensibilities can be a lot of fun it's just mm-hmm. they it almost never suits the material that he's actually doing and certainly in the case of the lord of the rings it's you know mm-hmm. it's like the shield surfing from the two towers is a very bad moment in the two towers but it might be a very good moment in a cheesy hack and slash action movie right of the type that jackson actually wants to make mm-hmm. but but can't be allowed because the material is doesn't Too allow serious, it. yeah. And so That's there are funny. sequences, for example, in those Hobbit films that just do become that, and I, I think they're kind of fun. Anyway, we're not doing Peter Jackson's King Kong. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know why I'm talking about any of this. <laughs> we are doing the Marion C. Cooper original, the one that started it all, 1933's King Kong. I've got a giant poster of it in my living room. Yeah. Because I want I've everyone to know the – allegiance that i pledged to that film i i love it it's got a uh i mean it's very corny in its way but it does have kind of a primal jungle going into onto a mystic island and ex- encountering dinosaurs kind of feeling and it's got that great old claymation or whatever they would have called it armatures kind of action sequences and creature designs and 
Um, and old cool. school reptilian dinosaurs. None of this birds stuff. No feathers, no colors, just lumbering reptilian beasts that want to tear you limb from limb. I like those kinds of dinosaurs. I grew up with those kinds of dinosaurs, even before Jurassic Park. Like uh, People don't remember before Jurassic Park because Jurassic Park happened and then, and then they were born. But I remember before Jurassic Park because I'm an old man like Ben. And we remember a time when dinosaurs were just lumbering reptiles from old things. Uh, old, uh, you know, Ray Harryhausen movies and stuff like that. And King Kong comes from that time. And those dinosaurs are really cool. So excited to do it. You should cool. watch it. It's a good movie to watch with your kids. Although I will say, I think it's pre-code. And uh, Fay Ray, you know, um, might be a little racier than some people are expecting. Not anything that would make me tell you you can't watch the movie or anything like that. But just worth noting. What else are we doing, Ben? Yeah, we're doing... Return to Oz. Return to Oz. Yeah. We talked about doing Wizard of Oz. Meh. Yeah. <laughs> Return to Oz. Uh, it is a really fun, really dark children's movie. It is, it's much more in line with the books. It definitely picks and chooses some of the creepier things, but it has some really whimsical and fun things, too. Yeah. It's most memorable for a sequence that is very creepy. Yes. The Hall of it, Heads. It is a little bit of a horror scene for kids. And yeah, the the Hall of Heads. I mean, I don't know what to say about it. I don't want to spoil it. Absolutely. Um, I loved this movie as a kid. Loved yes. it because it just immersed you into a fantasy world. It was an adventure story. It all had all these funny characters. And I mean, I don't know. It's it's a fantasy adventure movie. Like we said, we said this over on Sound of Sanity in a way that the musical movie Wizard of Oz is not. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what I wanted as a kid. And it's a good movie with good special effects, good characters. The, the reason, I mean, it was derided and hated at the time and didn't make money in the critics lambasted it. And I think it was all just because they were like, this is, and, and I think that this was the fault of the filmmakers and the people that marketed it. They did position it as a sequel to the MGM uh, beloved, bright, colorful it's not Judy Garland musical. And it's just not. And it's a fine fantasy film. The, the better of things like Willow or Legend or all oh, those yeah, kind of yeah, 80s yeah, yeah. terrible fantasy movies. It's, it does what those movies do, but does it much better, I would say. But uh, people remember Willow with fondness because Willow just came along and was Willow. They remember they don't remember Return to Oz at all because it just got buried by hatred. Right. But it's a good movie. Bad. I mean, it is kind of like does feel a little bit like it's going out of its way to – Put a thumb in the eye of the old MGM movie when when Dorothy little Dorothy gets electroshock therapy at the beginning that just feels maybe in poor taste I don't know um, yeah I don't think that that happens in the books yeah it feels a sure it little bit like little mean spirited little mean spirited mm-hmm. it comes from a weird period of Disney when they they didn't really know what they were doing and they were it's a Disney movie yeah I didn't uh, even remember that yeah it's uh, so strange. It's it's from that strange period when they were trying to do something to kind of compete with Star Wars and with the darker kind of 80s stuff. Huh. And so um, Return to Oz, Watcher in the Woods, Something Wicked, This Way Comes. Uh, these were all films that were released in the early 80s and none of them quite caught on. And Return to Oz is probably the most successful just in terms of being a good movie. Huh. But uh, it's it's from the same era when they were doing it. They did the animated Black Cauldron. They're they're trying to like change with the times, and they just hadn't quite figured out how to do it. 
<laughs> um, and they had competition from people like Don Bluth, um, which I think, which I guess brings us to it does, yeah, it brings us. Is this Secret of Nim? Mm-hmm. We're reading the book. We're going to talk about that on Sound of Sanity, a special series we're doing, and uh, the movie is one I grew up with. Remember, I think I more or less loved it, mm-hmm. and it, I mean, it, it departs significantly from the book. The book is technological the movie is magical yes and uh it makes some mistakes i think in doing that but also it was really fun i I, i'm not sure how much i'm gonna like it going back the animation's gorgeous Mm -hmm. it's it's a fun adventure story and it's got the hilarious comedy stylings of dom deloise it has every it has plenty of (laughs) (laughs) more than enough Probably the best usage of Dom DeLuise in a Don Bluth movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Jeremy the Crow. Yeah, he's just fine. He's just fine. And it's it's not as, like, annoying as Tiger in Fievel or no. some of the other things. Uh, yeah, so we're going to do that. I have seen about half of that movie in my life. I've never seen the whole thing, but I enjoyed the half that I saw. Um, oh, cool. Didn't grow up with it or anything like All that. All right. I've seen, yeah, that's I've seen, fun. I've certainly been um, hurt by other Don Bluth movies that suck. So definitely like Thumbelina I saw in the theaters. Ooh. Uh, it was a waste of my parents' money. That's brutal. As was Pebble and the Penguin. Um, <laughs> Don Bluth made some bad movies. In fact, he's only made two good ones. They are Secret of Nim and American Tale. American Tale. That's which it. We, which we have talked about it on this very really podcast. It, yeah. Uh, what else do we have lined up? Is that everything? That's it. Okay. That's it for now. Yeah, we'll check yeah. in with another update and more things if we need to, but that's what we got cooking nice right now if you've got like a favorite samurai film or esoteric art film or something that you think jake wouldn't be there for but nathan and ben would then you could suggest it and we'll either take your suggestion or throw it right in the garbage bin where it probably belongs but there's nothing stopping you from suggesting it it's a free country (laughs) It is a free country. <laughs> you can communicate your thoughts to us. Maybe you're like, I always thought that uh, I'm trying to pull some random samurai film. I mean, we've done some pretty random samurai films yes, we have. on this podcast. <laughs> we've done our share of random samurai With Jake. films. Maybe people just want more. Hey, that's fun. You could talk us into doing some Akira Kurosawa or absolutely even some other lesser known things if that's what you want. Very true. You could talk us into doing Uzu, Ozu or Kenzie Mizuguchi or cool. any of the great Japanese yeah, yeah, I'm all for it. filmmakers. We'd have fun with that. It'd be very easy to talk me and Ben into doing anything Japanese, I would think. Um, but you got to know the territory. That was a quote from whatever that thing is. Capital T and it rhymes with P and that stands for pool. Uh, the Music Man. No. You ever okay. the Music Man? Uh, yeah, but it's been forever. I mean, yes, been a long time. Well... Folks, that's what that's what we're doing. I think if there's one movie from that list that you want to stake your reputation on and say our listeners Ooh. should definitely catch that one, hmm. they'll actually enjoy it. Uh, I, I'll probably just go with Return to Oz. Yeah, I think I would say the same. I mean, it might hit you wrong. If I mean, it is a little creepy, but it's not excessive. I mean, it's like I don't think it's so. kids movie creepy. It's it's sincerely, genuinely creepy, but it's like. In a kid's movie way. In a kid's movie way, yeah. It's not like, not creepier. It's, it's, it's certainly not darker than the darkest sequences of like a Harry Potter movie or something. Like no that. way. Way, way darker. Yeah, that uh, stuff's way darker. Yeah, there ain't no like cauldron of 
unicorn blood or whatever it is that takes it takes to raise Lord Voldemort. Ah, uh, yeah. Nope. That stuff is grosser. Yep. Nothing like that. Uh, okay. There's your update. I'm trying to think if there's any other movie thoughts we need to share. The summer was a bummer. Summer was a bummer. No, I don't really have any other movie thoughts. The only notable miss for me, which I'll rectify at some point, is Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. I do want to see it. So I know Nathan's not that excited about that, uh, well, a war movie in Afghanistan. Yeah, I just hate Afghanistan movies in general. Yep. It doesn't matter how well done they are. It's just a <clears throat> dire, humorless part of history that has no rant- romance for me. <clears throat> not that you, it necessarily should, but. You didn't like that Mark Wahlberg movie? Uh, oh, my goodness. I oh, lost his name. The George Clooney thing? No, 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 not not Three Kings. Um, the one where he and the other soldiers have to keep jumping down these awful cliffs and rolling and hitting rocks to get away from the soldiers above them. There's this crazy, like, 10-minute scene of them. It's based on a true story. I probably didn't see it because I don't like those kinds of movies. Is this the Michael Bay movie? No, it's not that. That's like 13 guys or something. That's no, no, no. no. It, I wouldn't like a Michael Bay movie, would I? Uh, I wouldn't think so, but... No, this is... um. A director whose name I lost, but who's a good deal better than Michael Bay. I lost his name. What else has he done? He's done a bunch of things. The only thing I can think of is a terrible, dumb thing he did. He's done terrible, dumb, dumb things like the movie Hancock with Will Smith. But he's he's actually a pretty good director. Peter Berg. Peter Berg. Oh, sure. Yeah, no, I love Peter Berg. Peter Berg is a quality guy. He's done, what, two, two war-ish movies I can think of. But um, he's probably done more. I don't, I don't keep up with Peter Berg entirely. But... Uh, what is this movie? Um, I've seen it like twice. Let's see here. Peter Berg movies. Peter or Berg once and a half the, or something. The Rundown, which is actually The Rock's best movie, I would say. Yep. That it was is a lot of fun. Friday Night Lights, the movie that the series was based on. Never, never saw that. Saw, never saw that. I think. It's, oh, um, good. Uh, uh, Mile 22, I think is what you're thinking of. Nope. Nope. Okay. Never saw that. What about Lone Survivor? There you go. Gee, I wonder why you couldn't remember that amazing mm-hmm. combination mm-hmm. of words that no one else has ever thought to that's it put together uh battleship ah, i'm happy to have never seen battleship looked really terrible yeah i mean peter burke has made some really he's, he's made a lot of bad movies but i still he's the talented guy in any case yes true uh, okay good afghanistan movies i guess that's the topic we got off on there that is the topic yeah we don't need to continue that topic because there isn't a way to continue that comic because there's not that many good Afghanistan or Iraqi war movies. Rambo 3. That's that's <laughs> the best of them. Best of the lot. Where Rambo helps <laughs> establish the Taliban. <laughs> wow. <laughs> they picked the wrong side of history on that one, I guess. Oh, my goodness. All right, folks. There's your update. Oh, we saw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We were thinking about doing an episode, but oh, yeah. I don't think we're going to because it just wasn't that exciting. Nope. It really was not. It had some laughs. Jackie Chan was fun. Mm-hmm. It wasn't anything like the quality of the Spider-Verse uh, original. Nope. And not anything like the quality and service <laughs> of ideals that we don't agree with of the second one, I would say. It was it was just kind of not that great. Yeah, I agree. I just don't care about it at the end of the day. Yeah. Even if I'm like, that was pretty fun or had some really it had some fun parts. I just I don't want to see it again. Don't want to think about it. I was kind of I was not having a good day to go see a movie. I think I was distracted anyway. Oh. But I felt like it just 
was barely holding my attention in the theater. It was kind of dire, actually. I mean, it was clever, whatever. It was, yeah. If you need something inoffensive to watch with your kids, then maybe. But I ain't going to put my neck out for the, that one. Until next time. I guess you have to say a line from one of the movies that we're going to watch. Um, it's got to be in the world. Uh, <clears throat> Modern Times King Kong are probably no help. Secret Nims probably no help. Let's see. Turn to Oz. Quotes. All right, I'll set you up. When Just tell me when you're ready for the quote. Okay. <laughs> ready? <laughs> King Kong actually does have a very famous line. It wasn't airplanes that brought him down. It was beauty slayed the beast. But <laughs> we're not going to use that because Ben has to do it. Okay. You ready? <laughs> I'll say until next time, whenever you're ready. All right. All right. Until next time. Failure. Yeah, that, that, that was just failure. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Let's try again. Until next time. <laughs> Sorry. The music's about to run out. Until next time. Can't do it. I can't. Uh...